Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of Eclectic Full Contact Theater's satirical saunter down the silly streets of yesteryear, throwing shade. If you enjoy the adventures of the Shade and the Vamp, head over to tinyearl.com slash EFCT throwing shade, where for as little as $5 a month, you can get access to exclusive bloopers, rehearsals, and special bonus episodes. And now sit back and relax and enjoy throwing shade. There is a darkness in the minds of men, a darkness in their hearts, a darkness in a room with no lights. And who knows that darkness? The Shade knows. By day, Theodore Rockwell is a go-get-em reporter for the Chicago Gazette-Times-Herald, but by night he becomes... The Shade. To be honest, he becomes The Shade pretty much whenever he feels like it at this point. Which makes sense when you think about it. This is Chicago. Nefarious goings-on happen here all the time. You can't be a crime fighter and be like... Sorry you're getting mugged, but it's two in the afternoon, so no can do. That just isn't right. Good to see he's flexible. Now, where was I? Oh, right. He, assisted by his girl Friday, Wednesday morning, who is the mysterious female vigilante, the vamp, defends the downtrodden and fights the forces of evil. But can one man defend the innocent from the scourge of Chicago's underbelly? Find out on this week's episode of Throwing Shade, The Blunder Down Under. And I have to admit, folks, that despite four seasons worth of evidence, I was not expecting to have a new sponsor this week. However, it seems that Mad Murray's metronomes was... Well, it seems that the people at Mad Murray's metronomes didn't actually do anything. But it was decided that, given our previous track record with sponsors, it was best to part ways in anticipation of the shocking scandal that was no doubt looming on the horizon. So... We here at Throwing Shade are proud to welcome the fine folks at Benny's Bowling Bazaar, home of the best balls in Chicago. Also brought to you by Eclectic Full Contact Theater, bringing you 1930s radio-style satire since people were able to differentiate it from reality. Previously on Throwing Shade, And now, on to our story. Act 1, Scene 1, Bog Monsters. Chicago has a case of water closet willies. It was a gloriously sunny day in the bustling city of Chicago. Well, that's the Midwest for you. Ahem. It was a... Day in the bustling city of Chicago. And while most of the citizens went about their business in blissful ignorance, one couple was about to experience terror, the likes of which had never before been seen. 
For Pete's sake, open up. What did he do, fall in? Don't rush me, Irv. I'm putting on my face. It's a bathroom, Ida, not a construction site. I'll have you know, beauty like this takes time. Ida, I love you, but I don't got that kind of time. You're not usually this disagreeable this early in the morning. What's got into you? I'll tell you what's gotten into me. That cockamamie breakfast of yours. That wavy branzino stuff. Huevos rancheros. Are... It's from Mexico. It should have stayed there. Where'd you find something like that? I got the recipe from Mrs. O'Toole, who got it from Mrs. Wojciechowski, who got it from Mrs. Jackson, who got it from Mrs. Dela Cruz. Well, that explains the corned beef, potchkeys, and grits. But what was all that other stuff in it? Just eggs, beans, a bottle of hot sauce, and a whole jalapeno. It gets you up and going. I know, I, uh, believe me. I know. That's why I need you to vacate the premises. If I'm not out in an hour, cash in the life insurance. Irv, you're overreacting. Before Irv could go into any more detail about the Mexican-American war presently being fought in his belly, a strange, disturbing sound echoed throughout the room. Irv, was that you? Uh, I sure hope not. Inside the toilet! Then, the couple did the only sensible thing to do under the circumstances. <coughs> they were, however, not the only citizens terrorized within the supposed safety of their loos. Over the next few hours, the police department was... <sighs> Flush with reports about some sort of monster in the pipes. You know, it's times like this that I wonder why I stay in this job. Chief! Chief! Hey, what's the matter for you? What are you doing running into my office without a knocking? We've got something really important to tell you, Chief. And the door was already open. So our usual regard for decorum and professional protocol was put aside for the sake of expediency. Wow, Posh, that was really good. Thanks, John. I bought a thesaurus. Aren't they extinct? Listen, I got an old time for you to be showing off how big your Lexington is. Lexicon. I don't care what city you learn all those words in. This station is a flush with reports of a monster in at a pipe, sir. You didn't really think that wasn't going to happen, did you? That's what we were coming to tell you. Yeah, people all over the city up in here and... A spooky voice coming out of their gabaneros. There, too? We heard they was coming out of the bathrooms. And people wonder why I talk to my dog so much. Well, it seems like the whole city's got ghosts in their grabby nettles. That's so ridiculous. There ain't no such a thing as a ghost. Well, something's making noises in people's water closets. Should we look into it? I doubt we'd see much. Scusi, but why would anybody keep water in a closet? All of the clothes are get wet. Uh, no, Chief. Water closet is another name for a... <sighs> I say it before and I say it again. English don't make no sense. But I gotta say, I don't think this is anything more than a case of bass infusion. You want to do it, or should I? Flip you for it. Heads. Heads it is. Ah, nerds. Mass delusion. Heh. Mass 
That's delusion, Chief, not bass infusion. That don't make no sense. What's a church got to do with this? No, bass infusion. A bunch of fish got into the sewers and is making a bunch of a noise. You two, go check it out. Us? In the sewers? What's the matter for you? You don't understand English? Yes, in the sewers. Now get going. Should we tell him that he just stormed out of his own office? He'll figure it out. I gotta tell you, John, I think this whole case is full of... Shifting focus from our intrepid lawmen, word of the eerie emanations had reached the ears of Chicago Gazette Times Herald Editor-in-Chief Clarence Clemens. Okay. Rockwell! Morning! Get in here! You holler, Chief? What can we do for you, Mr. Clements? I've been hearing reports from all over the city about people hearing noises coming up from their commodes. Oh my, that's unheard of? Well, I mean, except for all the times you hear noises coming from your commode. Yeah, Mr. Clemens. I'm not sure noisy bathroom plumbing is exactly news. Normally, I'd agree with you, Rockwell. Seriously? You would? But it's been a really slow news week, and if I don't find something to put above the fold on the front page, I'm gonna have to print Winchell's story about that German twit who can't grow a full mustache. Heaven forbid. Exactly. Besides, we could play up the mysterious spooky angle and get a few front page stories about ghosts in the can. Maybe it's Prince Albert. I'm giving you points for that. But I don't like it. Chief, while I would never refuse to check out a story for you... Except for all the times you do it... I think I made my feelings on ghosts clear. Come on, Theo. There weren't ghosts in the Pushman Mansion, and I'm sure there aren't ghosts in people's pipes. The whole idea is just plain potty. I am so, so sorry. Look, I don't care what's causing it. I just need something to hold back the Germans. You and the French. Too soon? Seriously, when have the Germans ever done anything newsworthy? Do the words Great War mean anything to you? Like they'd ever be crazy enough to try that again. Now get out there and get me a red, white, and blue story. You know, Theo, of all the crazy assignments Clemens has sent us on, I'd have to say this is the most outlandish. Really? I'd say it's at most number two. You should be ashamed of yourself. I should be, but I'm not. And you wouldn't be so judgmental if you were privy to my thought process. Please, stop. I'm begging you. Spoil sport. But I want to go on record as saying I do not like the idea of tangling with subterranean spirits. Come on, Theo. You can't still believe in ghosts. I thought you gave all that up after the Pushman Mansion story. I'm an investigative reporter Wednesday. I follow the evidence. And everybody knows that spooky voices is clear evidence of ghosts. There's no other rational explanation. Please, considering the number of people in this city and their love of pizza and hot dogs, I'm surprised the sewers hadn't protested before this. You realize that's actually a far more disturbing thought than ghosts, right? Well, 
Whatever is going on, I think our best bet is to start with the DPW. Absolutely. A wonderful idea. I couldn't have said it better myself, Wednesday. You don't have any idea what I'm talking about, do you? Not a clue. Then what was all that? I'm supporting you. You keep telling me that men don't support your ideas enough, so I'm doing that for you. Theo, I don't want people disagreeing with whatever I say blindly. I want them to support my ideas because I have good ideas and deserve to have them heard and supported. Just agreeing with everything that comes out of my mouth is as insulting as ignoring everything that comes out of my mouth. Oh, I understand. That was the dumbest idea I ever heard. No! I'm so confused. Why don't you wait until you actually know what I'm talking about? Then make up your mind. Ah, that makes sense. So what's the DPW? The Department of Public Works. Uh, the people in charge of the water and sewage systems. Oh, well, that makes sense. Excellent idea, Miss Morning. Why, thank you, Mr. Rockwell. Now let's get going. I have a feeling this one's going to be a Lulu. Theo, you're in so much trouble. Huh, no, he's got me doing it. <laughs> Act 1, Scene 2. Taking the Plunge. Information flows freely. Encouraged by Police Chief Cannoli and fortified with a dozen Dinkles Donuts, Ponch and John began their investigation into the strange sewer sounds. Ponch, this stinks. Yeah, I don't like it either. These are new shoes. No, I mean this actually stinks. Oh, I think that sixth crawler was a mistake. Be strong, John. We gotta find out what's making those noises. Why is it so bright down here, Ponch? I don't even need my flashlight. It's the hot dogs. What? I concur. What? Well, you know how they pile all that stuff on top of the hot dogs, right? Sure do. It's great. A meal on a bun for just a nickel. Right! Economical and nutritious! Watch it, fellas. We're sponsored by bowling balls this week. What most people don't know is that the peppers they put on the hot dogs are faintly radioactive, which explains the unnatural color. And the taste. Well, once they mix with the stomach juices, the result? Glows. Wait, are you trying to tell me that the Chicago sewer system is filled with glowing radioactive pepper leavings? Uh-huh. I can't believe this. Why doesn't anyone tell me these things? This is... Unbelievable! Exactly! I can't believe they thought they could get away with this. It's... Wonderful! I'm going to write a very strongly worded letter to... Wait, what? Think of all the money the city is saving not having to run electricity down here. Or buy flashlights for the sewer workers. Talk about smart! Yep, and the best part is there's absolutely no danger like there would be with electricity around all this water. Anybody else's head just start hurting? No? Only me? What was that? What was what? That! Oh, that. Mike's. Mice? Mice? Obviously. There are lots of mice in the sewers. That mouse has a pretty deep voice. So they're grown-up mice. Grown-up mice? 
Sure, our voices change as we get older. Why not theirs? Come on. Come on? Come on where? To investigate. That's why we're here, isn't it? Do we have to? I mean, you just said it's mice. I would hate to interrupt whatever they're doing. It'd be rude. Rude? Exactly. Like you said, they're grown-ups. And whatever noises consenting grown-up mice want to make in the privacy of their own sewers is really none of our business, from a legal standpoint. Before Ponch could engage in a debate about jurisprudence, the two officers' attention was taken by a massive shadow looming against the tunnel wall. Punch! That's no mouse! It sure isn't, John! What do we do? Well, like you said, legally it's none of our business, so... Run! As officers Punch and John were exercising the better part of valor, up on the surface, Theo and Wednesday were arriving at the Department of Public Works. Theo, I'm very glad to see you're not giving any credence to Mr. Clemens's ghost theory. Well, while I do like to keep an open mind when it comes to the supernatural, these noises could very likely be the result of blockages, tree root intrusion, or even simple corrosion of the pipes themselves. How do you know so much about plumbing issues? Considering the number of manholes I fall into, I'm an expert. Match. Theo and Wednesday entered the building and made their way to the front desk, where a chipper young lady greeted them. Hello. Welcome to the Department of Public Works, the lifeblood of this great metropolis. My name is Wilma Scheike. How may I assist you? What is this? National Mess With Your Narrator Day? Hello, Miss Shakey. Shaggy. Chalky. Shaggy. Checkerboard. Call me Wilma. Well, Wilma, my name is Theodore Rockwell, and this is my girl Friday, Wednesday morning. What can I do for you, Mr. Roswell? Rockwell. Rockweiler. Rockwell. Rockford. Call me Theo. I like her. What can I do for you and Miss Moribund? Still like her? We're with the Chicago Gazette Times Herald, and we'd like to get some information about the reports of noises coming from the sewers. Oh, you're with the press. In that case, you'll have to speak with our information officer one desk over. Thank you for all your help, Miss Studebaker. My pleasure, Mr. Rococo. It's good to see you making friends. As Theo and Wednesday approached the information desk, they saw a familiar face. Mr. McGillicuddy? Yes. Call me old man. Oh, right. Sorry. Old man. What are you doing here? Once it was discovered that the Pushman Mansion wasn't haunted, they no longer needed someone to utter cryptic warnings about it. Oh, right. Sorry about that. Oh, don't be. Now I've had a nice cushy desk job working for the city. Letting folks know all about the wonders of Chicago Public Works. And the terrors. Terrors? Oi. For no system serving a city this large could ever be completely free of danger and horror. That would chill your very blood. Theo was concerned. I'm concerned. 
What'd I tell you? But Wednesday was dubious. I'm dubious. I'm old man McGillicucci. Are you telling us there's something supernatural in Chicago sewers? I'm not saying there is. And I'm not saying there isn't. All I'm saying is there are stories of horrible mutated monsters lurking in the depths of these here sewers. M m m monsters Oh, aye. Animals grown to immense size who viciously defend their subterranean territories. Surely that can't be true. There are sewer workers who swear to have heard their inhuman cries and seen their massive shambling shapes in the shadows of the sewer pipes. And I told you to call me Old Man. Wednesday? No, every day. A giant animal would explain the noises everybody's been hearing coming up through their plumbing. Theo, don't be ridiculous. There's got to be a perfectly reasonable explanation. How could animals get into the sewer? And why would they be giant? Other cities have these stories as well. Some say tourists buy exotic animals on vacation. Then when they get home and become difficult to deal with, they're flushed and then grow to gargantuan size, feeding on the leavings of a massive city. Exotic animals? New York is said to have alligators. You think there are alligators in the sewer? No, that would be ridiculous. See? Only New Yorkers would do something as crazy as buying alligators as pets. No, the animal in the Chicago sewers is one that's nearly before been seen by man. Some say it's the remnant of a prehistoric era. Some say it's an unfortunate sewer worker gone feral. And some say... It's an alien from outer space. Ah! Now, would you look at that? The weather report says clear skies today. Well, old man, I have to say, you certainly haven't lost your knack at ominous warnings. Thanks, lassie. Tis a dying arch, you know. But we still need to check out what's going on. That's right. We Wait, what? We do? Of course we do. It would be irresponsible of us to print a story like that without researching it. I would need advise it, lassie. If the noises are increasing, that means the creature, or creatures, are no longer slumbering. And they're hungry. Ah! Oh, I better go. I think I left me car windows rolled down. Well, thank you, old man, for all your information. Yes, thanks, old man. We'll be seeing you. Maybe. Or maybe not. <coughs> thank you. Come again. How does he do that? Well, Theo, we'd better get going. I think a better idea would be to inform the authorities and let them handle it. Who are you, and what have you done with Theodore Rockwell? You love rushing headlong into action with nary a forethought. Flattery will get you nowhere. Come on, Theo. You said it yourself. You've spent so much time down there, you're an expert. Well, that is true. And in all the time the shade has fallen down manholes, have you ever heard or seen a giant animal moving around? Well, no, I haven't. <laughs> 
then there's obviously some other explanation. It's very likely someone using these stories of these giant animals to scare people off in order to commit a crime. Who would do something like that? Theo, that's exactly what those lady bootleggers were doing at the Postman Mansion. Remember? Oh, right. Somebody didn't go back through the archives during our break. So who better than the Shade and the Vamp to foil their dastardly deeds and put to rest these ridiculous myths about giant animals in the sewers? You do make some good points. But we will go let the mayor know what's going on. That way he can't blame us for the noises. Would he do that after all we've been through? It's a new year, Theo, and politicians have short memories. That explains why the city is tearing up the same stretch of road in front of my apartment again after they had repaved it just last year. You know, you seem awfully keen on proving this whole giant animal in the sewer story is a hoax. Why? Where's your whimsy? It's 1938, Theo. Nobody can afford whimsy. But, to answer your question, there's one thing I've learned from you in all our time together. That it's easier to win a hot dog eating contest if you don't put them in your mouth sideways? What? Uh, no. Never mistake your mayonnaise for brill cream? How could that even happen? Everything is better with a cape? Stop! You're not getting a cape! I know that the best way to make sure you always look like the right kind of turkey at the bowling lanes is to head over to Benny's Bowling Bazaar, home of the best balls in Chicago. Is that true? Well, surely all bowling stores are the same. That's what you might think, Wednesday, but at Benny's Bowling Bazaar, you'll find the most up-to-date equipment available to make sure that your league is never out of their league. Benny's Bowling Bazaar bowling balls are gyroscopically manufactured, and you know that means science, which means they're obviously better. Well, you certainly can't argue with that logic. So if you want to strike out in the best way possible, get over to Benny's Bowling Bazaar. Well, I'm always looking for a way to increase my bowling score, Theo. What I was going to say was the one thing I've learned from you is that everybody deserves to have someone looking out for them, uh, no matter who they are or how gullible they might be, that nobody deserves to have their fears or naivete exploited, and that the people who engage in that activity can be stopped, even by ordinary people. Wow. Though, to be honest, that's three things. Don't ruin it. Sorry. The truth is, whether it's a hoax or not does not matter. Something's going on that doesn't make any sense. And when things don't make any sense, that's when the shade is at its best. I guess I was wrong. What do you mean? Flattery will get you somewhere. Come on! This is a job for... The Shade. boy. Wednesday, would you bring the umbrellas? <laughs> we'll return to throwing shade, the blunder down under in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Friends, does your bowling game have more splits than an ice cream parlor? Do you spend more time in the gutter than a fella singing, Brother, can you spare a dime? Then you need to get down to Benny's Bowling Bazaar, home of the four-finger ball. That's right, friends. Benny's balls give you that extra bit of control with a fourth finger hold, guaranteeing you can sit it right in the sweet spot every time. So get over to Benny's Bowling Bazaar, where our balls are right up your alley. And now, a few words from other important personages. Friends, Eclectic Full Contact Theater is forging ahead with their 11th season, bringing you a year of nothing but new works. 
From readings to festivals celebrating the best new works from around the country and the world. Both on stage and over the airwaves, EFCT is bringing fresh, new work to audiences everywhere. So, go to eclectic-theater.com to find out about all their brand spanking new 11th season. And tell them The Shade sent you. And now, back to our story. Act 2, Scene 1. Down the drain. The plot deepens? As Theo and Wednesday changed into the stylish and drier clothes of the Shade and the Vamp, across town, the aristocratic Batcamer family was airing its dirty laundry. because it had quite a musty smell to it. Then it was brought back inside to be washed. Once the servants had left to take care of that, the members of the Batcamer family sat down to discuss their scandalous secrets. Now that the servants are gone, let us sit down and discuss our scandalous secrets. I don't know why I thought rich people would be different. Henry, darling, must we? It's so gauche. That is as may be, Prunella, my sweet. But the facts cannot be avoided. Especially given what Sheridan has gotten us into. Me? What did I do? Mummy, father's been absolutely beastly. I haven't done anything. Don't excite yourself, Sheridan, my dear. Remember your delicate constitution. Henry, darling. You really should be easy on poor Sheridan. He's highly strong. He certainly should be. And no bad camera has ever suffered from a delicate constitution. They have all been hale and hearty in both mind and body. Sheridan, on the other hand, barely has the one and neglects the other. He gets it from your side of the family. Do you hear that? I swear, Mummy, I do my best, but nothing's ever good enough for Father. Really, Henny, darling, I don't understand what your problem is with our dear little Sheridan. My problem, Prunella, my angel, is that dear little Sheridan has ruined us with his profligate spending. He's only a child. He's twenty-three. It's not my fault. They were simply unlucky investments. See, Henry, you can't blame Sheridan for the stock market. I understand several people have had problems with it in recent years. That is true, Prunella, my dear. But I put it to you that Sheridan's investments weren't unlucky. They were idiotic. Mummy! Henry, darling, that is a bit harsh. A bit Harsh. He invested in a massage parlor for pets. Chihuahuas carry a lot of stress. Then there was the school to rectify speech impediments. In parrots. Have you heard a macaw with a stutter? It's so heartbreaking. And let us not forget the piece de resistance. 
the male order safaris. Agoraphobes deserve to see the world too. Our entire fortune wasted. You must understand. He just... Wait, what? Did you say our entire fortune, Henry Darling? That is precisely what I said, Prunella, my light. Sheridan, you moronic little cretin, how could you? But, Mummy... Don't but mummy me, you indolent nincompoop. If you think I'm going back to the life I had before I met your father, you can just think again. Mummy, I... Brunella, dear, do calm down. We don't want the servants to hear. Why do I tell thee, my love? I do apologize. But you are on thin ice, young man. It just so happened that I have put into motion a plan that should recoup all our losses. Really? Really? Quiet, Brad. Yes. Though I must admit it is both underhanded and unsavory. But such is the lot of noble families brought low by irresponsible relatives. I'm in the room, you know. But your plan will restore our standing and dignity? More importantly, it will restore our money. I do not wish to go into the details, as I would not want the stench of this plot to attach itself to you, Brunella, my sweet, should we be discovered. But rest assured, if I am successful, we will have an unending pipeline. Well. Oh, Sheridan, do you hear that? Everything's going to be all right. Oh, you're such a good boy, Sheridan, and Mummy loves you very much. You're not mad at me anymore? Oh, how could I stay mad at my darling Sheridan? Just don't let it happen again, or you'll be wearing a pair of cement Oxfords. I think of bracing cup of oolong is exactly what I think. I'll be in the parlor. Father. Sheridan, if you take no other piece of advice from me as your father, take this to heart. Take what your mother said very, very seriously. Probably shouldn't tell them about the psychiatric clinic for neurotic zoo animals. Act 2, Scene 2. What the deuce? The situation becomes unbearable. While the Batcamer family's now no longer dirty laundry was being put away, over at City Hall, disturbing reports about the noises in the sewers had reached the desk of Mayor Crane. Rosa! Aye, Mr. Mayor, why are you yelling? How else are you supposed to hear me when you're all the way in the other room? I have told you many times, Mr. Mayor. Just use the intercom button on your phone. I know, Rosa. But I can never get the blasted thing to work. It's far too complicated and completely unnecessary. 
Ay, 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 it is not complicated at all. Push the button to talk, let go of the button to listen. Easy as fun. Pie. It's easy as pie. You ever try to bake a pie? Now call for me using the intercom phone. But you're here now. There's no need to use the phone. That's what you think. I really have to do something to put a stop to all this public education. It's becoming frighteningly successful. Rosa? Rosa, are you there? Anyone? Anyone? Honeysuckle? Honeysuckle? Mr. Mayor, you have to let go of the button to hear. No, I still don't hear anything. That's because I'm here and not there. Well, then it worked, didn't it? And I didn't have to yell. You're right, Rosa. This contraption is very useful. No me pegamos suficiente for pastor. What can I do for you, Mr. Mayor? Rosa, I've been receiving several disturbing reports concerning noises in our sewer. Took a while, but we finally got there. I know, Mr. Mayor. It is most confusing, not to mention spooky. Yes. Yes, I'm sure it is. But you see, Rosa... The problem is that I left explicit instructions earlier that I did not wish to be disturbed. I don't know about the rest of you, but I need to go lie down. We can't have strange noises going on in the sewers of this fine city. People will start to equate us with New York. Call Police Chief Cannoli and have him send some officers over here at once. Mayor Crane! Mayor Crane! It's in the sewers! Rosa! Now that's what I call efficiency. See, Mr. Mayor, sometimes I even amaze myself. Now, officers, we have a serious issue. Oh, what is that stench? Um... I guess that's us, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, we were just in the sewers, investigating the disturbing reports of noises. Well, while I appreciate your attention to duty, you smell like trade unionists. Rosa, open a window. Now, tell me about these noises in the sewer. Yes, we're extremely interested. Ah! Ah! I knew I shouldn't have opened that window. Shay, I should have known you'd be involved in this. We're just trying to get to the bottom of this, Mayor Crane. Ah! Seriously? Look, there were only two yells of surprise before. Somehow the whole situation just didn't feel right without a third. I'll allow it. Now. Tell us what you... Ugh! It smells like the Cubs gameplay in here. Okay, we get it. We smell. We came straight from the sewers. Chicago is doomed! 
Look, we got it. We'll go take a bath. You know, you try to alert the citizenry to a threat to their very existence, and what do you get? Nothing but abuse. I need a donut. Don't worry, Mayor Crane. We'll get to the bottom of this. Was that... I don't really know. Best to just ignore it. Come on, vamp. There's no time to waste. The vamp found herself speechless in the face of the shade's statement and made her exit sheepishly. A two, Foley? Act two, scene three. Koala me bad. Dim duo does deceptively dirty deeds. While Punch and John headed off to keep their appointment with soap, water, and fried dough, and the Shade made sure he was fully stocked with the latest in his Shade-themed line of equipment. Steve, um, and you said Shade waiters were ridiculous. Deep beneath the streets of Chicago, something was moving. Two somethings, to be exact. The eerie noise echoed throughout the sewers. But was then suddenly replaced by a less eerie, more annoyed voice. Nick, how much longer we gotta wander down here? It stinks! Jump in Jehoshaphat, Penny. I told you to use these nose plugs. Then you wouldn't smell nothing. Yeah, but then I'd sound... Wow, like this! And that just isn't attractive. Besides, I ain't clear on what it is we're doing down here anyway. Penny, you are one zazzle tomato. Thank you. I told you before, we're down here to make everybody up there think that there's something down here. Well, there is! Us! No, Penny, we're supposed to make them think there's something scary down here. Oh, right. Why? Oh, for crying out... Penny, don't you ever read the notes I leave on the icebox explaining what the plans are? Sure, make sure, but I only got so much free space in my head, and I try to only use it for important things, like song lyrics and the personal lives of Cary Grant and Clark Gable. Besides, your spelling's a mess. Okay, I'm gonna go over this one more time. Try to pay attention. I'm all ears. That's a funny thing to say, because if you was all ears, you wouldn't be able to do anything. You'd just sit there, a giant mass of ears. Ooh, maybe Universal could make that the next monster movie. It was all ears. Penny, focus. The boss hired us to make everybody think there was something scary down here, so he could clean up by selling the city a way to get rid of the things down here. What? Us? No, the monster. There's a monster down here? No, it's... You know what? I need to sit down. I'm feeling dizzy. Listen, Penny, it's simple. You and I are supposed to make people think that there's a monster down here, and then the boss sells the city something to get 
rid of the monster they think is down here, but what actually ain't down here, because it was just us making people think there was a monster down here. You get it? Got it. Good. That's just one thing I don't understand. I can't wait to hear this. What is it? What if it don't work? What if what don't work? The thing the bomb sells to the city to get rid of the monster. What if it don't work? Just make the noise, Penny. Meanwhile, on the surface, the Shade and the Vamp were surveying a manhole. All right, Vamp. Entering a manhole is extremely dangerous, so I brought something along that will keep us both safe. The Shade pulled a small square of fabric from a belt pouch and threw it down the manhole. Shade, how is that? Did that just inflate into a giant, bouncy fedora? It did. I call it the Shade No Crash Pad. That way, there's no injuries when we hit bottom. You do realize there's a ladder, right? What? Where? Right there, on the side of the manhole. Well, what do you know about that? I had no idea. When did they start putting those in? Always, Shade. They've always been there. Huh. I never noticed. So I guess there's no need for the Shade No Crash Pad, huh? Well... You did already deploy it, and it is a faster way down. And, I gotta admit, it looks like a blast. Come on! The vamp jumped down into the manhole and hit the shade no crash pad. She was immediately rocketed high into the air! Shade! Hmm, must have overinflated it. Soon, the vamp came hurtling back towards the unforgiving pavement. Shade! Will the vamp survive? I hate Cliffhanger. Will the Shade come up with a brilliant plan to save her? Aim for the manhole! Will Mick and Penny ever see eye to eye? How can we? He's three inches shorter than I am! Penny? These questions will most likely be given lip service in next week's thrilling conclusion to Throwing Shade, Blunder Down Under. Here's a sneak peek. <laughs> This has been Throwing Shade, Blunder Down Under, brought to you by Benny's Bowling Bazaar, where you can strike gold for spare change. Throwing Shade has also been brought to you by Eclectic Full Contact Theater. Remember to like, follow, and subscribe to our podcast, or leave a review. Created by Andrew Pond and Sarah Siegel. Written by Andrew Pond with Zach Osterman. Directed by Andrew Pond. Starring the voice talents of Chloe Adamo, Jessica Lauren Fisher, Daniel Houle, Noelle Kleiss, Zach Osterman, Andrew Pond, Rochelle Prue, and Monica Saflick. Our Foley artist was Lori Iyer. 
Our engineer was Daniel Houle. And I am your narrator, Noelle Kleiss. Special thanks to Tina Salamone! Tune in next week. Same shade time, same shade station!